a factual data creation facility production. Welcome to the Straight From The Desk podcast, a podcast where I discuss but three things. Two are topical, while the last can be considered as flexible. So sit back and enjoy. If you like what you hear, click on that donation link, which can be found within the show notes. Any donation will be appreciated. So let's get started. How you doing today? Before I start, I'd like to thank the person who generously donated to the podcast last week. Donations such as these helps keep the podcast afloat and, more importantly, keeps the one who must be obeyed off my back for taking, in her opinion, too much time getting ready for and recording straight from the desk with no apparent payoff. Again, thank you. Also, I'm considering releasing episodes on Thursdays instead of Sunday evenings. I'll most likely start this new schedule next week. What say you? Do you think it's a good idea? Let me know at sftdpod23 at gmail.com. First up, well, another incident involving a non-Caucasian person allegedly professing Nazi beliefs at the time of his detention has taken place. This incident occurred last Tuesday and involved a 19-year-old ramming a rented U-Haul truck into barricades which protect the park in front of the entrance to the White House. One say Varshith Kandula, who appears to be of Southwest Asian descent, shouted pro-Nazi slogans while being detained and had a Nazi flag within his vehicle. Upon questioning, Mr. Kandula stated that he wanted to kill President Biden and install himself as ruler. He then apparently espoused his admiration for Adolf Hitler because of his strong leadership qualities. Well, this poor individual obviously has other issues. Like the last incident, a mass shooting in Texas in which the perpetrator supposedly had Nazi tattoos, though the evidence was a faceless photo posted to a Russian social media platform and had no followers, in that case, the perpetrator was Hispanic. This man had been discharged from the U.S. Army due to mental issues. The mainstream media in this country are doing their best to link these incidents to white nationalism and supremacy, but I, and if you're listening to this, you most likely know that this doesn't make any sense. The question that should be asked is, why is Nazism seemingly gaining popularity with non-white and obviously mentally disturbed people? Well, I believe because of this mental instability and the prescribing of SSRIs, these two acted on their impulses. Also note, these two incidents have all but faded from the news media. Could that be because they don't fit a particular narrative? I'll let you decide the reason for yourself. I have a theory as to why Nazism is gaining ground with certain people and what is triggering these incidents. I believe it's a combination of the medication being prescribed for various mental issues and the 24-7 broadcasting of radical gay and mostly the radical trans movement's agenda as being down-rammed everybody's throat. We've had the Bud Light fiasco, Ford Motor Company introducing the gay Raptor truck, Target department stores marketing female bathing suits that would allow wearers to tuck their genitals, and carrying a children's clothing line designed by a gay Satanist with corresponding sayings displayed on them. The professional baseball team, the Los Angeles Dodgers, honoring a radical gay outfit called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, were known to dress up as sort of drag queen Catholic nuns and belittle the church with vulgarities while performing, and finally the North Face Clothing Company introducing their pride line with a pro-trans commercial. 
And all this has been within the last month or so. These lifestyles go against the majority of people's values and beliefs, and with the constant bombardment, it's enough to drive those less stable to action. For them, Nazism provides an answer because of the ideology's reputation for total control, something people responsible for these last two incidents feel they, as well as society, has lost. Of course, there is the well-documented history of the Nazis and what they did to the flourishing gay and especially trans community in Berlin after assuming power. With all this media exposure to these particular lifestyles, of course, there's bound to be a backlash. Perhaps this is what the elites want. Just another way to divide and control what they must see as the peasants. I don't care what one believes or does, which I think most people believe as well, as long as it doesn't affect myself or my family. But trying to direct the children into these things has just crossed a once-forbidden line. Next, now on to extremists of a different kind, the climate extremist. This particular brand of extremism, which is demanding the immediate cessation of using fossil fuels, seems stronger in Europe than in the United States for the moment. What's remarkable to me is the total lack of awareness about petroleum products usages the members of this movement display. It appears that they do not know that plastics, for example, come from petroleum products. The shiny pieces of technology like cell phones and computers they use to post irate messages full of misinformation on various social media and organize their disrupted demonstrations with would not be available to them, well, at least not in their current form, as well as many other everyday use items. And wouldn't it be better if we had the so-called green energy infrastructure in place before jettisoning fossil fuel and its related products? Well, that would take some critical thinking and common sense, something members of this movement appear to lack. Perhaps that's why they block major roadways at busy times, with some even gluing themselves to these roads, disrupting and angering the common folk they hope and need to be on their side in order for their agenda to be fulfilled. While the authorities in the UK and other European countries seem to tolerate these disruptions, the German authorities have no such toleration, scooping up and arresting these radicals as fast as they can. I have to ask, do any of these climate extremists have any means of support, you know, like a job? Are they paid to take part in these protests? Follow the money, as my late grandmother would say. And how about these climate scientists? Are we getting an unbiased conclusion from them? Most likely the public is getting the view of whoever is funding these scientists' grants for the studies, in my opinion. As far as climate change goes, yes, I believe it's a thing, a combination of natural and human causes. But if we did cease using fossil fuels today, how long would it be before we saw results? Well, the elites are all aboard for the climate crisis hysteria because it gives them more control of the populace and allows their bottom line to expand without affecting their family's lifestyle. What do you think about all this? Finally, the Russian Volunteer Corps, most likely a creation of the Ukrainian intelligence services, has staged a cross-border attack on the Russian city of Belgorod. Fighting was reported to be fierce before the invaders were driven back across the border to Ukraine, where they came from, taking many casualties. These types of actions do nothing but escalate things and serve no tactical purpose, unless you count publicity as a tactical victory. If Russian videos are to be believed, the Russian Volunteer Corps was equipped with U.S.-supplied gear, well, at least Humvee vehicles from what I saw on the footage. Either the video was faked, or the Ukrainian military is equipping them with such stuff, which would break the understanding between them and the various countries supplying these weapons that they're not supposed to be used for attacks on Russian territories. 
Have we lost control of where our supplied weapons are going and what they're being used for? This is even more concerning, being that the green light has recently been given to supply Ukraine with F-16 Fighting Falcon jet aircraft, whose range can carry them well into Russia proper. This war is already a proxy war between NATO and Russia, but with the supplying of and use of more sophisticated weapons, can a full-blown war be that far off? While I am on the side of the Ukrainian people, I believe Russia will unfortunately eventually achieve their goal. While the Western media reports on Russia's losses in personnel and equipment, Russia can sustain these losses while Ukraine's much smaller population cannot. In order to win, troops from NATO would have to become involved on a large scale. What we are seeing in Ukraine is the way Russia has fought wars historically, with large numbers of men and equipment grinding down and eventually defeating opposing forces. Casualties be damned. Equipment shortages will be made up as time goes on. In my opinion, negotiated truce is the best option for all concerned here. And before I go, there's still no public release of the child-murdering Tennessee mass shooters manifesto. And what's up with that? Well, that'll do it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. You can send comments, suggestions, or complaints to sftdpod23 at gmail.com. Take care and I'll see you next week, maybe on Thursday. Thank you.